Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here with Heather Gwaltney, who is the founder and CEO of the Center for Mindful Business. She has more than 25 years of experience in the private, nonprofit, and education sectors in marketing communications and organizational development. She's directed a documentary that's now being used in higher education and is the author of Be Kind and Take No Shit. I need to check that out. She holds a master's in organizational development and is certified both as a mindfulness meditation teacher and in permaculture design. With with a 20-year practice in mindfulness meditation, she brings her love for mindfulness and connects it with social capital, environmental wellness, and business in order to serve companies and communities worldwide. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Jessica. Yeah. So before we jump into what is sure to be a really important conversation for our listeners, give us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, that could be a very esoteric question. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. In terms of what I think is helpful for the listeners, um, I've been I've been straddling two different worlds uh, for over 25 years. So one world has been in corporate America, um, nonprofit education sectors, and then my other foot has been in the world of uh, mindfulness, meditation, spirituality, and so forth. So I've I've kept those two worlds very separate because there's an assumption there, a fear there that you know if you say to people at your job that you meditate, they mm-hmm. you might lose all credibility. And then if you tell people the meditators you're with that you work for a corporate job, you feel like they're going to stone you or something that's on your journey. (laughs) (laughs) So um, living somewhat of a a splintered siloed existence where you show up to work and you have to shut down at least half of yourself. Um, So recently I was certified as a mindfulness meditation teacher, two-year program uh, with Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield. And it really reinforced my desire to live a more authentic, integrated life. And it also brought to my attention that these, the mindfulness meditation space and the, the workspace are better off integrated and not kept separate. So I am now bringing the two together because one actually does serve the other. Um, mindfulness meditation does serve you as us as humans in a workspace. So it serves us individually 
It serves us collectively as humans, and it also serves the um, overall organizational effectiveness. Um, Data shows, the data's out there, you just have to find it, that companies who invest in wellness programs who are are quote-unquote conscious, um, they tend to uh, they tend to do up to three times better financially than their competitors. So it does serve the the bottom line as well. That's amazing. I love that data point. I have to look more into that. I love hearing about that because I mean, I personally, I when I started bringing my like spiritual sort of mindful um, way of thinking and being into my business and especially into my marketing, like that's really when I started seeing growth. And it was funny that I did experience them as two different sides for so long. And even similar to you, I've run, I've been in content marketing for my whole career. So more than a decade, and I've been running a content marketing agency for four years, but I have four personal development books published out in the world. I have this podcast and I always felt like there were these two pieces of me and only recently have I found how they really come together, you know, in a similar way that you did. So um, I have a feeling probably a lot of listeners experience that because we're all very, I think people listening are very aware and spiritually connected in some way, but also running a business that's like completely different. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about you just shared in terms of like the power of being a mindful business owner, bottom line revenue, but let's talk a little bit more about how we benefit from bringing more mindfulness into our business. So you can just like start wherever feels good or. Right. Right. So I want to make a distinction to between mindfulness and meditation Mm. because the way that I practice and the way I bring it into organizations is as mindfulness meditation. I bring the two together. So mindfulness is a, a way of being present in the world And the way I was taught, the way I teach is where you hold your present experience with kind awareness Mm. or compassionate wisdom. It's called two wings of the bird. Mm. One wing is kindness. The other wing is awareness. A lot of people also use the terms compassion, one wing, the other wing, wisdom. Mm. So it's balancing those two in the present moment. So that's, that's the mindfulness piece. And then the the meditation piece that's connected to mindfulness is in meditation. There's usually an anchor, um, something that you continue to refocus your attention on. Mm -hmm. And in mindfulness, that anchor is our breath. Mm -hmm. And because our breath, we need to breathe in order to live. It is always accessible to us. So the the mindfulness meditation is refocusing our attention on our breath and practicing holding our our present experience with a kind awareness. So Got that's it. how I'm that's how I'm defining things. Perfect. Um, benefits. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, the 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 lowest hanging fruit for an individual is it's a coping mechanism for stress. Mm. That is what's most highly well known in terms of meditation. Uh, 
Western doctors are even starting to recommend meditation as a way to um, slow down our respiratory system. So by focusing on our breathing, we are slowing down our respiratory systems. And by doing so, we are also reducing um, the chance to have a heart attack, a stroke, or heart disease. Hmm. So it's this very simple idea of focusing on our breathing. So conceptually, it's very easy to grasp. What is not easy is actually practicing it. Right. And so that's why when I talk to people, I, I, I emphasize that it is a practice and it's, it's not something that is, it's not like you have to go to Nepal, shave your head and become a monk and disappear for a year in order to reach quote unquote nirvana or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's something that we can practice sitting. Um, that's very common. People assume that you sit when you meditate. We can also though do so when we're standing, when we're walking, when we're lying down or when we're in the middle of an activity. Um, sometimes people don't have time to sit. Mm -hmm. So another guiding principle is to meet ourselves where we are. So when it's just focusing on the breathing, whenever it occurs to us. So there's that piece. And then um, also it's really good for the hormones. Hmm. Um, whenever we have a thought, it triggers an emotion and a neurotransmitter, which then travels through our body via the nervous system into the nerve cells. And so literally as we master and manage our thoughts and our reactions, we are literally changing <laughs> the cells of our, really? our bodies and the, our hormones are regulated by the neurotransmitters. Remember that it goes thought, emotion, neurotransmitter. Okay. So in that the neurotransmitter, our, um, hormones are regulated by the neurotransmitters. So, um, you know, when we talk about stress, the hormone that's associated with stress is cortisol. So when we're meditating, we are reducing levels of cortisol in our systems. And conversely, the happy, relaxed hormones, serotonin, endorphins, we're increasing those. And as a bonus, we're also increasing youth hormones, DHEA. And uh, what is it? GABA, I believe it is. So it's, it's, it's really an amazing, um, and then and I think you also want to know about how this connects to work. Okay. So I've told, yeah. talked about the biology piece of it. So it reduces stress and in, in, in a work environment, stress, a little bit of stress is healthy. It's just when it becomes chronic and off the charts that it becomes very, very difficult for people to one, stay engaged with their work, stay at their jobs. And just be like in a sustainable situation where they can survive and thrive, right? So there's that stress piece. And then in terms of what's happening to our brains, when we meditate, we are activating eight regions of our brain. Okay. Hmm. So literally it makes us smarter. There's hmm. more activity happening, largely in the prefrontal cortex. So when we are in a reactive mode, we are more in what they call the lizard brain, which is at the base of the skull and the back. And we all need to survive, right? We just don't want to, when we're trying to be in higher functioning situations, we want to be getting 
more of the information from the prefrontal cortex. So, and then to further, further say how that translates into work, very, very helpful with mental clarity, Mm -hmm. um, attention to detail. It also helps increase empathy, which translates into our ability to listen and collaborate. And it helps with engagement. Mm. So the, um, there are four key areas where science has linked mindfulness meditation to performance or um, benef- professional benefits. So one is wellness and resilience. The other one is um, performance and engagement. And the actually there are three. And then the third one is relationships and collaboration. So those are the three main categories, which data shows mindfulness meditation is linked to professional performance. And would you say mindfulness meditation? So outside of like the act of meditating, and when you say mindfulness meditation, it kind of makes me think you're referring to like a general state of mindfulness, right? Like you're saying like, it's just a matter of coming back to that breath anchor, like whenever it occurs to you. So we can bring that, this idea into every part of our business, right? Like I could go into a podcast interview or a sales call with mindfulness, like being in sort of like that mindfulness meditation space. Would you say that's true? Yes. I would. And, and the more we practice, the stronger and more mastery we have. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's about controlling our thoughts or controlling our minds, but it's, it's not about control. Control is a myth. The closest thing to control that we can gain is mastery. Mm-hmm. So just, it's all about the practice. And it feels like a really, if we can practice that, like all the benefits you just said, I'm just thinking like a sales call, but there obviously there are other times in our business where this is valuable, but like thinking about being more engaged on a sales call, connecting deeper with the other person, being more um, less reactive and more just being in tune with the other person. I mean, just think about how that would make that completely shift the energy of that call likely in your favor. Uh, I feel like it's such a powerful thing to bring into that. Right. And I agree with you. I have a marketing background myself and um, have worked closely with sales teams. And in, in that particular example, for instance, it would help someone doing sales to be a better listener and to ask probing questions, to inquire with an open mind. Mm-hmm. And the person, the the prospect, the prospective client will then feel heard Mm -hmm. and maybe even seen. And that on its own is huge. It's it's about making that connection and building trust, like being the trusted advisor. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And um, it's so and also being present, being present with the person grounded in your body. And when we practice mindfulness meditation also helps us become more authentic. Hmm. So, you know, sometimes salespeople are viewed as being sleazy or pushy or a combination of both. And, um, when we meditate, we're more, um, directed internally than by what our external expectations are. Right. Right. 
So how can we, how can we practice like outside of a seated meditation, which would be typically what we assume, like how can we practice this mindfulness so that we can then bring it really seamlessly into these different parts of our business? I would just say, keep refocusing your attention on your breath. Mm. That is the, the number one simplest thing you can do. And of course, as I said, you know, the more we practice, the stronger it becomes. So creating a ritual or a practice is ideal. Um, like I think um, they say twice a day, 20 minutes a day is ideal. I just, especially when you're first starting out, I don't know that that's accessible for people. Mm, yeah. So um, that, and then when you're driving, when you're in traffic and someone's just cut you off, Mm. you can, you know, that might be frustrating or upsetting to you. So, and that's okay. It's a yes and situation. Mm -hmm. So in a, in a mindfulness way, you'll say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I was just so startled and, um, I feel really angry and then keep breathing and allowing that experience to be there and see if you can hold it with a kind awareness. And usually as you go through and you continue to practice, what you'll notice is that below the anger is fear. Below the fear is um, care or, or a need. So um, yeah, that's another psychological thing that happens as we meditate is that it, you talked about being reactive versus responsive, or I added the responsive piece. It allows us to not be a slave to our reactions. We all react. We all have egos, totally natural. We just don't want to be a slave to those things. It's like right. observing, observing it rather than being consumed by it. Like I feel angry. I'm not angry. I feel sad. I'm not sad. You know, I feel joyful, <laughs> you know, it's just, there's a little bit of um, what's also called like psychological latex, <laughs> a little bit of a of space there. So you don't over identify with whatever feeling you're having in the moment. Yeah. And I find, I love the example of the, the driving and like someone cuts you off because I feel like as I've focused more on being mindful and more responsive versus reactive, I find that I naturally am more compassionate in those moments so like, rather than getting angry, I have over time found that I'm just like immediately more like that person must be having a bad day or wow, that person is really in a rush or I'm so glad I'm not feeling so, fr you know, whatever it is, but I feel like it's easier. And then it just feels like even in my body saying that right now, you know, I just feel so much more peace rather than that tightness that comes with being so reactive all the time. Right. And, and what I'm also hearing you say, and you can feel it in your body is when you're mindful, there's this expansiveness and a mm -hmm. softening that occurs. And you also mentioned empathy that you have for the other person. I've experienced that too. Like I do, I do react in certain um, traffic situations <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I will start breathing and then sometimes I notice, I, I do, I can almost feel the other person's stress. Like I'm like, that person right. must be really stressed out and, and very like miserable right now. Like, you know, just then, then, then there's this separation or, or, or whatever. And then, like you said, then you feel the empathy. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and then, then it, and then it just goes away. It it kind of works its way out of your system. Yeah. And and that's how it's supposed to work. Like you do the practice and you have a micro healing or or something shifts Mm -hmm. and then, and then it, it leaves. Yeah. I feel like I also try, this is giving, making me think too, of like being on a call with like someone for the podcast or a sales call, or even maybe with someone I work with and they come on the call and I can tell that they have like a frantic energy or a chaotic mm-hmm. energy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. does this still work for you? You know, like we can shift to another time. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. And I find that if I can like get really mindful in that moment that like I can almost in a way like help co- them co-regulate, you know, like I can mm-hmm. like, I just, it, rather than like succumbing, reacting and succumbing to that frenetic energy or being annoyed that they're there or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to really be in my centered mindful space. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I do that, that they're likely to shift into that too. I wonder, yeah. is that yeah. true? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I agree with you and I have a few things to add to that. Um, these are, these are the important key takeaways that I take away from what you said. Um, one is we cannot control other people's state of being, mm-hmm. right? We can only regulate ourselves. Um, so that's number one. Number yeah. one. Also, there's something called the U-turn in mindfulness meditation, where if we feel anxious, if we're in a, a difficult, thorny situation with somebody else, and we're noticing that they're stressed out or not treating us very well, we do what's called the U-turn and refocus our attention on our own reaction Hmm. and then breathe and then see what comes up as we focus to our focus on our own reaction. So sometimes that means that we just needed to breathe. (laughs) Sometimes it means that we have a need that isn't being met. Sometimes it means that you need space from that person. Mm -hmm. It can mean a number of things, but by just pausing and breathing, that can be revealed to us. So that's important. And then, you know, I said, we, we can't control other people's, you know, state. However, we can influence it. Right. And if you think of yourself as, as an influencer, a change agent, you know, whatever title you want to put on it, the best way to influence is to model behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. So do whatever it is that you think other people should be doing. And then the last thing I'll say is that we are all interconnected, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Western culture, we have this extreme individualism and um, it, it's good to take responsibility for our own actions and have, you know, be empowered and so forth. It's just, we are, we're not siloed. We're not alone we are are connected and so when we do something there is a reaction there's there's a there's something else that happens as a result of what we do so are we going to have positive impact or negative impact on the system on those variables around us right i really i i really like that piece especially because I know a lot of listeners are probably solopreneurs. They work by themselves. And so we tend to just naturally fall into that isolated place and forget how even on a Zoom call, we can, we are connected and can even cultivate that connection and really leverage the benefits of it, which I think a lot of us are seeking that connection and we forget that it's right there. It's available to us at all times. 
Mm -hmm. And it's really important to surround ourselves with like-minded people. So we do have a physical sense of community, even if it is through Zoom Mm -hmm. or Microsoft Teams or whatever, (laughs) you know, that sense of community is is really important, whether it's friends, family, and or like-minded people. Mm -hmm. So we can reinforce each other's values and, and behaviors and that sense of belonging and connectedness is really important. Yeah, completely agreed. Tell me a little bit about how we can, you had mentioned in the beginning, this idea of the two wings of the bird. Um, And I want to come back to that a little bit and talk about like, how can we leverage this idea in our business? Like, how can we bring this in to create a more mindful, compassionate, successful business? Uh Let me, let me first say um, how you can notice if you are out of balance. Hmm, Yeah. So, okay. So let's say that we're having an experience and we're super kind, but we're not terribly aware. So that can show up as feeling sorry for ourselves, Hmm. um, going down the proverbial rabbit hole, um, going to a dark place. Um, okay. So that's, that's how you can tell that perhaps (laughs) you need to practice a little more awareness. Now, if we were to swap that switch that and heavy on the awareness and strong on that, just not practicing the kindness part, we may notice that we're being very judgmental towards Mm -hmm. ourselves or other very critical, that sort of thing. Yep. So when we are holding both of those, the kindness and the awareness in a skillful way, what that shows up as sometimes is being peaceful, Mm. like being in a state of harmony, connection, peacefulness. And in mindfulness meditation, they, they call that equanimity. So where you, your, your separate, your, your sense of separateness, your sense of ego is dissolved. You may even feel ego, but you're not identified with the ego. Right. It so just ego, ego is separation. Ego means separation where you think that you're either below someone or better than someone. Right. So, yeah, I love the idea of in any area of your life or as we're talking about in your business, always trying to maintain that equanimity and trying trying to maintain that balance between like I know for me. I definitely have a tendency of being super aware and not as kind or compassionate. And so I love that idea of checking in with yourself and saying like, am I balanced between these two things so that I can bring more peace into my business and feel really great while I'm doing, you know, whatever I'm doing. Right. Right. And, and, um, I will say, you know, that it's, it's great to be able to be balanced and, and, in these two areas, I do, however, put a little bit more emphasis on kindness. I say that the world needs kinder people, not smarter people and, and towards ourselves. Right. um, First. And I think a lot of people skip that part. Like they think there are social norms. They think they have to forgive people right away without processing their feelings and so forth. And when we are in pain, we need to pay attention to that because it's information and it can show up in a a number of different ways. 
Um, So it's very, very important to practice that kindness. There's a quote by the Dalai Lama. He says, if you want people to be happy, be compassionate. If you want to be happy, be compassionate. Mm -hmm. So I do think that that's just a little bit more important. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agreed. And the idea too, I think what came up for me around that was when we are less critical of ourselves and more kind to ourselves, we're then kinder to other people and more and more compassionate with other people. It sort of work in my experience, it often works in that way. And so I think when we focus on ourselves, we can bring more of that into our lives, our relationships and our business. Yeah. If we're happier, if we feel more joy and peace, it rubs off on people just even by being that person, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. So, and, and the way we feel towards ourselves affects the way we treat others. Sure. Cause there's that connectedness there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like I could probably, I feel like I say this at the end of every episode, but it's true. I feel like I could probably keep talking about this for another hour, but um, I want to wrap things up here and let's wrap them up by giving us a little gem. It can be related to something we've just talked about, or maybe something we haven't touched on yet. But if listeners were to walk away with nothing but this, what would that be? I just, again, focusing on the breathing whenever it occurs to you Mm -hmm. and practicing kindness first towards yourself and then to others. Yeah. I love that. Great reminders and things that we don't need anything else to do. We just get to do it. Yeah. It's, it's free and only positive side effects. Yeah. (laughs) Ideal. It's a win-win for everybody. (laughs) Wonderful. So shifting gears a little bit, tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. I think for me, my greatest intention is to focus on the things that I love and to practice skillfulness in terms of um, effort and surrender. Mm. Um, And I think others may relate to this as well, particularly as business owners, it can be overwhelming and hard to know when to act and when to receive. Um, I think um, owning your own business can lead to burnout. Um, of course, usually, usually we really care about and love our business, mm-hmm. right? And it's hard to not be over-identified with getting external results and right. so forth. Um, I know that my answer is somewhat long-winded, but <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I also think, and this could be a whole nother discussion that especially for women in this arena, it is so, so important to do Mm self-care and to, to slow down and connect with our own truth because we're in a very patriarchal infrastructure in one of my classes, I talk about mindful leadership and the difference, the, the differences in gender and leadership. And there are plenty of women in the workforce. And there are also a lot of sole proprietor women. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of venture capitalist funding, only 2% of venture capital yeah. funding goes to women. Yep. Um, 14% of media directors are women. of CEOs are women Um, in politics, elected officials, 
anywhere from 20 to 30% are mm-hmm. women. So these higher level leadership positions were not represented. So we're in this infrastructure that wasn't really made for us. Mm-hmm. So really being able to be quiet and, and, and connect with our own authenticity and truth is very important. Plus the, the self-care. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And let us know how can listeners connect with you? So we have um, the center for mindful business has a free subscription for uh, social entrepreneurs and internal employees who want to bring wellness to their companies. And you can subscribe with centerformindfulbusiness.com forward slash subscribe. Um, So that's one way. And then um, if you want to look at my book, uh, it's on Amazon. I also have my own personal website with my documentary on there, heathergwaltney.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Likewise. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.